August 7th, 2014. I'm in Wadley, Mexico. It's in the desert of uh, the state of San Luis Potosí. It's probably about 30 kilometers above the desert floor below Real de Catorce. It's also known as the Altiplano Potosí, or the High Plains of Potosí. And it's also, in addition to that, known as a sacred area called Wirikuta by the Wicholi Indians and other Indians as well. It's a little bit noisy here with the roosters and occasional motorbikes and uh, trains. I'm probably about 20 meters from the train track and music plays, roosters crow, motorcycles or motorbikes rather uh, zip by and I'm in a small adobe room uh, trying to block some of the sound but it's not working very well. Uh, this is my third attempt at this recording. Um, but this is mostly for me and I want to um, maybe let some of the ambient sound just just be. So anyway, the other day I was heading out into the desert. I was going to a peace sign that's about a 45 minute hike outside of Wadley that I've been working on since uh, 2009. It's, a, it's made of stone, it's probably about 13 feet across. It's just something I've been doing. I started it and each time I come I add more stones to it while I'm out partaking in peyote in the desert. So I actually finished it the other day but I was going to well, on this trip and I was going to go add some more stones to it and partake in peyote one more time. I was going to try to squeeze in two more times actually this last Tuesday and possibly this coming Saturday. But if I was going to do that, uh, I needed to go ahead and get on with it. And so I did my routine on Tuesday. I, I There's a vegetable, fruit and vegetable man that comes by in a truck once a week. And so I stock up for the week on fruits and vegetables. I've learned that if I eat a certain regiment or diet, that uh, I can avoid getting sick from the peyote. So I had everything in place. I had my, I usually have a sandwich about an hour before I go. Of, uh, made from goat cheese and avocado and tomato and some chilies and some uh, garlic. I've learned that if I have something in my stomach uh, as a barrier that's not too acidic, uh, that I can also avoid getting sick. So uh, everything was in place. I was on my way. i had been battling a little bit of the, the turista, which is sort of a, uh, it's either dysentery or it's a mild form of dysentery, but I was thinking maybe this isn't such a good idea that my my digestive tract isn't uh, isn't up to snuff and uh, I thought no no today's a day Tuesday I got to do it so I headed out and I looked over and there was just this huge storm that was heading straight for Wadley I thought well that's not a good sign the storms out here can be pretty tremendous with uh, lots of lightning thunder wind blowing. And sometimes they look really, uh, like, really um, ominous and then turn out to, like, make three or four drops of rain and that's it. I figured, well, by the time I get out to the, the mesquite tree by the peace sign, um, maybe it won't be raining out there. So I headed out that way and hiked along and I ate some um, little chocolate eggs. Uh, I found that uh, mixing, having a little chocolate before the peyote, um, something about the chocolate and the mescaline seems to intensify. So I had a little bit of that. Everything was going according to plan. 
except for this little bit of dysentery uh, that I was going to just sort of ignore. I saw it was going along the desert path, and I saw a man, a desert uh, herdsman, with his goats. I saw the goats, and I had my headphones in, and I was listening to some uh, an audiobook interview of Krishnamurti, and I wasn't paying attention. And all of a sudden, his two dogs, the goat herders' dogs, attacked me. They just came straight at me. I, I kneeled down to grab a rock to throw at them, but it, it was too late. Um, and they didn't care. They were just both of them working both sides of me. One just lunged at me and dug his, his fangs into my knee. And I wrestled him off of me, screamed out, and I called out for the... I threw grab, grabbed some rocks because the second dog was still coming at after me and the other one would circle around was going to make it was making a second attack finally the goat herder came over after the dogs had already taken off i'd thrown some more rocks at him and i was yelling at him but i couldn't think of any spanish uh i just d couldn't think of the spanish of what i wanted to say and what i wanted to ask him is like why didn't you do anything he just stood there while these freaking dogs were attacking me i saw the dog coming back so i picked up another rock and lunged it at him then I showed the man my the wound in my knee, and he said, yep. And I said, look, it's bleeding. And he said, yep. And I said, do you have any, you have any like cream or anything? What I was wanting to know is if he would tell me about what plant I need to cut to put on it. Because I, I, I didn't, I realized I didn't bring any Neosporin with me. And so I looked back, I'm thinking, this is bad. This, these dogs are nasty, and this needs to be cleaned out. I need to get some Neosporin in it. He just looked at me and he showed me his stick. He had a big sort of a whittled stick. And he asked me, why don't you have a, a stick to carry a stick in the, in the desert to beat off the, the animals when they attack? And I was thinking, well, yeah, I probably should have a stick. So I looked back at Wadley. I could see the storm approaching. And I thought, this is just another omen. I, I've got dysentery. Uh, these, I've been viciously attacked by dogs. There's rain, and I should go back and just clean this up and get some Neosporin, and this peyote thing is not going to work out today. But I thought, nope, today's the day. It's Tuesday. I decided I'm going. I'm on the trajectory. I just walked off from the man, and he continued with his, his goats. And so I was stomping along, angry, and then I went to the path that leads out into the desert where I was heading. I noticed that I could no longer see the mountain ahead of me, the Kemoto Mountain, which is huge. And, uh, and I couldn't see it because there was another storm coming directly for me and the spot that I was headed to. So that meant I was hiking directly into a storm. And I thought, I should go back. I mean, this is just like three omens of, of why I should to be going out into the desert today. I thought, nope, today's the day. You got to go out today. And so I kept on going. I stopped and I put a cover on my backpack to cover it from the rain. And I put my little MP3 player into a plastic bag and continued listening to Krishnamurti and headed out into the desert. And when I got to the spot where the peace sign is, I hung up my bag on a, the mesquite tree and I started hiking around looking for peyote, but I was thinking, you know, I don't really want any peyote. I don't want to do this. This isn't right. I don't feel right about it today. Everything is going wrong. I thought, well, I'm already out here. I'll walk around. It's not raining as hard as I thought it was going to. Um, there's a little bit of lightning. I'll just walk around and pick up a few stones to put on the peace sign. If I see some peyote, I will decide when I see it. 
So I was hiking around, picking up stones, and I grabbed a few and stuck them in my pocket, and then I started seeing peyote, and I started seeing a lot of it. So I cut a, I cut one plant. It's, it's sort of this cactus that grows on the desert floor that just maybe protrudes above the desert floor maybe a half an inch or so, and you sort of dig a little trough with your finger around the outside of it and just cut the top off, and then you cover it with dirt so that it'll grow another one. Uh, the root goes down further, probably another foot, I guess and it'll grow another cap continually. And so sometimes people leave an offering for the where they cut the plant to the deity uh, or spirit of mescalito. I wound up cutting four of them and uh, went back to the tree and I brought an orange with me and a knife in my backpack and water and, and all that. And I started cutting the peyote and cleaning it. There's these little white tufts that you have to cut out of it. And there's some white uh, fiber stuff in the middle that you have to cut out. That's, uh, I've been told, has strychnine in it, which is obviously poisonous. So you have to clean as much of that out as you can. And it's very bitter and hard to, to eat. It has the, about the consistency of a, uh, a cucumber or a pickle. But it's very bitter and uh, makes you gag a little bit when you're trying to chew it up, I guess unless you're used to it. To get around that, I, I'll have like a slice of orange with the peyote and it sort of uh, masks the, the taste and uh, it allows you to get it down a little bit easier. But for some reason, this time, uh, the orange was barely helping. It was very, very bitter. It was hard to get down. It was a lot of work to, uh, to get it down and I started getting gag reflex. And, um, but I finally got it all down, continued walking around, picking up rocks and uh, listening to Krishnamurti. Finished up the day, uh, the sun came out, and uh, um, I noticed that uh, that I hadn't cleaned my wound, so I had some handy wipes or some uh, wet naps uh, with me. So I uh, uh, I was hoping maybe the rain had, had rinsed probably some of the bacteria out of the wound, and I, I rubbed it with these... Uh, with a plant that's supposed to be uh, something that you drink when you have a bad, when you're having stomach problems, it hasn't really worked for me. What has worked for me though in the past has been guayaba fruit. It's like guava, guayaba. It's guayaba in Spanish, and you have to chew it up with the seeds, and that seems to help if you've got the dysentery or the the turista. But this time, uh, nothing seemed to be working, and I still had that going. So I rubbed some of this plant on, hoping maybe it had some antiseptic properties, and then I took the wet naps and noticed that it had antiseptic in them, so I squeezed those out, the, squeezed the juice into the wound, and after rubbing them down, I noticed that, uh, that the wound wasn't quite as bad as it, as it looked initially. Um, it was bruised really bad, and it was bleeding, but um, luckily I had put enough sunscreen on that I guess the dog's fangs couldn't get enough of a grip to rip further into my leg. And I was just so angry at that dog. I just was filled with rage. And I was thinking, I got to get rid of this rage. When this peyote takes, takes a hold of my mind, I don't want to be in, in a place of, of, of aggression. But still, I was thinking, I was just trying to like wash it out of my head and not think about it. But I was still thinking uh, somebody had left a, some kind of walking staff along the, the trail. And I picked it up and I carried it with me in case I saw another dog. And I was hoping that I saw that goat herder again and that his dog tried to attack me again and I imagine just smashing that dog in the skull. I don't know where this primitive thing, but it's hard to it's hard to describe until you have been attacked by some vicious dogs and that they're biting into your leg and that you're having to wrestle them off <laughs> out of your flesh. 
but it awoke some kind of primal rage in me that I was trying to get rid of. After I'd been out in the desert for a while and uh, the peyote was starting to take effect, I'd already taken a few photos of the peace sign and it was a sunny day. I started hiking through the desert back to uh, another trail that would uh, lead me back towards Wadley. I found that if I don't get sick within the first three hours, that I'm not going to get sick. Sometimes the, the peyote exits violently, vomiting, or the other way. The dysentery I'd had, actually, uh, well, I'm not going to go into any detail, but I, the peyote exited me just as violent as it went down uh, a couple of times, actually, but I didn't vomit. And I didn't want to have to do that. If I was going to get sick, I didn't want it to happen in in Wadley. And I still had about an hour to go for the three-hour mark. And so just to be sure, I took the long way back towards Wadley and uh, hiked through the desert to this uh, little dirt road. And I was walking along the dirt road with this stick, thinking about that dog and hoping that I see that dog so I could smash its skull. And I thought, you know, why, why are you mad at the dog? The dog doesn't know you. It's nothing personal. The dog was just doing what the dog's supposed to do. The goat herder's doing what he's supposed to do. He's go he's herding the goats and the goats are the goats are eating in the desert so they can make more milk and that delicious cheese that you love. And the dogs are guarding the goats against any intruders or any other animals. And so the only thing that's out of sync in this picture was you. And the dogs don't know that you're some gringo walking through the desert with your headphones on, going to put some rocks on a peace sign and eat peyote. They just thought you were a threat to the goats. I thought, there's nothing, there's no reason for this this rage, and that it's a matter of my own perspective, um, that it wasn't personal. The dog was following its own nature. So that actually gave me a, quite a bit of relief, and I, I continued along. I, it was nice to just, just get rid of that primal rage and to sort of think it through. And then I had this dreadful thought. There's a, this compound that I'm staying in has uh, several little rooms that are adobe rooms, a pretty basic concrete floor, light bulb, and a very uncomfortable bed that has like maybe a couple of layers of cardboard and a very thin mattress. The, there's a toilet, but in order to flush the toilet, you have to scoop up a bucket of water out of this big metal drum to flush the toilet. But that metal drum's gotta be filled on water day and Tuesday was water day and I you put this big plastic bucket underneath the faucet and turn it on when the water comes on and then you fill up this metal drum depending on how much water you need. I had turned it on and the water didn't come on. It usually is on around nine o'clock in the morning and it didn't come on and I finished up my routine and um, I figured well, I'll just leave this on and so when uh, when I hear the water going into the bucket then um, I'll know you know the water's on. Uh, but I better make sure I turn it off before I go to the desert. Well, I realized as I was walking along the trail that I didn't turn it off. And I'm thinking, oh, I hope the water didn't come on. I sure hope the water didn't come on. As I was heading back towards uh, the Wadley, another storm was coming in. A really wicked looking one, dark, with lots of lightning and wind. And I was sort of just bearing into it, holding on to the staff that, the, that I was carrying, my hat. I got to the, the compound and I opened the door and it was full of water and the water was running and I thought, oh no. So I ran over, started filling buckets so I could fill up the metal drum 
luckily I'm thinking, well, at least it's raining, so it won't be obvious that I left the water on, that maybe it'll, because of the rain. Um, and just before the rain hit, I managed to fill up the metal drum to, in order to flush the toilet and went ahead and took shelter in my room. So it was raining, water was, uh, it was blowing pretty hard. I went into my room and shut the door. Some water was, every now and then I would get up to push some um, water out of my room because it was raining very, very uh, intense. I was laying there in my bed and all of a sudden it felt like, well, the first thing I felt was like some kind of giant bluish green octopus was embedding its tentacles into my brain with these little, uh, little suction cups. And I'm thinking, oh no, this is getting pretty intense and a lot stronger than I'm used to. So I laid down and the next thing I knew is my vision seemed to be obscured with blood like blood was draining down like it was raining blood in my in my little room and um, was obscuring my eyesight I could see through the blood but it was just draining like all this blood coming down uh, it wasn't actually blood it was a sensation of blood and like well like if it was coming from the top of my head perhaps like maybe as if I was wearing a crown of thorns what happened after that was like all of a sudden I was transported and I was right there with Jesus Christ and I was sharing the mind of Jesus Christ as he was being crucified. It wasn't as horrific and terrible as that might sound, but it was very real. His eyes were wide open and there wasn't any fear. There wasn't anything that was you no know, violence. There was just this outpouring of love. And it seemed like everything was sort of quaking and vibrating and shaking. The light got brighter and brighter. And then all of a sudden, it felt like there was just moment of absolute surrender. Just this pure love, energy, surrender. And then this intense flash of light uh, that sort of just went out in waves throughout the cosmos. And that was it. That was like a moment of separation. I was thinking... Oh my God, that was intense. I thought this might be the last time I ever eat peyote. <laughs> it continued like that for a while, this religious theme. And when I finally sort of got a hold of myself, I got up and the rain had sort of let up a little bit. A lot of the water had drained off. I got into my hammock for a little bit, uh, watched the birds sort of playing in the, the mesquite tree above me. And was just thinking about the nature of everything and Buddha nature and Christ and my life. I thought about my family. At one point, I was experiencing, re-experiencing the death of my mother, which happened just before the, the Christ surrender. And I uh, was thinking of what music to listen to that would be appropriate for this. And for some reason, I thought Van Morrison's Astral Weeks would, would work well. And I made it about three or four songs into that, which did work well. And I burned a little copal incense and lit a, lit a candle and the sun had already gone down by that point. And then I put on some Beatles. I believe I was listening to Revolver. Uh, just sort of wrote it out and went over to my, my friend uh, Mauricio's cabana and told him about what happened. Hung out for a while, but uh, wound up leaving him to go to sleep and went back. I don't think I, 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 I listened to some music and didn't wind up going to sleep till probably 3.30 or 4 in the morning. It's just, uh, I was just completely wired and awake. But that experience, uh, that the height of that experience of the Christ face and the, the quaking and the shaking and then the complete outpouring of 
pure joy and love and energy, the moment of complete surrender, and then the extreme bright white flash of light will stay with me, I think, forever, or as long as I'm alive. And I was thinking that when I do die, if I have any choice in the matter, that's exactly the way I want to go. Willingly, at peace, with joy and love, and complete surrender, and finish with a bright white flash of light.